Hello and welcome to Real Talk with Terry and the team, our new podcast series brought to you by Terry Bell, chairman of debt strategist firm Bell & Company and foreign property debt specialist EU Property Solutions. Terry is known for his straight-talking and no-nonsense approach, so if you want real and current business talk, you've come to the right place. Uh, welcome to Real Talk. This is Bell & Company's podcast an attempt to cut through the BS and the white noise of mainstream media. Uh, we're talking to people that are doers, experts, but real ones, not pretending virologists that seem to spring up everywhere. And today we've got the pleasure of speaking to the MD of Lunch Warehouse, Matt Trissom. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm very well. So yourself? Very good. How's Sunny Watford? Sunny Watford is a little bit overcast, but not as hot as it has been. Uh-huh. Welcome relief, even though we are back in an air-conditioned office. Very good. We've got the obligatory Belfast rain here today. You get, you get one day a week. It's a lot of people say the world, uh, weather in Belfast is bipolar. Uh, so, it's, so today we've got the, the, the downside. So Matt, you, uh, you are the MD of uh, Lone's Warehouse. Is that your title? Or? Co-founder, director, not, never cool. really been that fussed about titles. It's a, very good. It's a factual one. Very good, very good. And in terms of what would you say you are? Are you creative, a seller, a doer? How, how did you uh, roll? I think a bit of all. Um, I am probably the sales side of the business, touch of creative. My business partner is very much compliance, HR, the sort of factual stuff that sometimes uh, maybe needs a little bit more finesse. Absolutely. I think I, I'm not too dissimilar to you. In fact, I'm not allowed in HR apparently now. <laughs> but my good lady wife runs that, so it's, it's, quite, it's uh, quite easy to cover there. So you're, I've been watching quite a bit of what you're doing on social media in terms of products. Uh, you're in award season by the clip. That, uh, we are. Yeah. Give, 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 give us your list. Just go back a year. Though. Let's not go back to 2013 here. Um, so we've won we've won awards at three so far this year. Um, the What Mortgage Awards for Best Secure Loan Broker for the eighth year. Um, we scooped two awards at the Financial Reporter Award, seventh straight year for Best Secure Loan Broker, and we also scooped Best Personal Finance Broker, and was very proud to win our third Money Facts Award for Best Second Mortgage Broker. And it, the, the Money Facts one is that the. They're, they're all very good. It's money facts. It's, it's more uh, the industry go-to award ceremony on in this, or is it? Oh, I get in trouble if I say if I pick one above the other. Money facts is probably, certainly the most established brand within there. Um, cool. Financial reports is very much an industry brand. What mortgage is a consumer brand, um, and yeah, money facts is is been around for many many years yeah a bit more kudos you can't say that i'll say it. a bit more kudos maybe but mattress and didn't say that when you have it just to sort of come to my head there's rather judgely do we so obviously there's no awards dinner but yeah. do you sit in your office with the table of 10 of you and get sort of alongside a couple of bottles of red and celebrate and um, sit there in your the, the couples of bottles of red maybe when we get home and i must right. admit i will text the other half and uh There'll be a bottle of bubbly if we win. The, the couple of them, I think the Money Facts one, just to mention it, they were coming out every 10 minutes on social media and they had a timeline. Right. So we were watching and waiting for our slots on the Money Facts one. And we had a few of us sort of, obviously we can't all gather around a laptop. No. You know, yeah. and do Zoom calls. We try to keep a couple of metres apart if we're sharing a laptop. But everyone was watching and we had a little minute of silence while it came up. And that, you, you got that nervous feeling. Did still give yeah, yeah, definitely, you know. We got that nervous feeling of fingers crossed as they roll through. So I, I, I've got to give them cra- praise. They've had to completely adapt what they do. Yeah. 
for a lot less profit, more than likely. And um, they, I think the best thing to say is we've still got that little moment of anticipation. Yeah. We're not third. That's good. We're not second. Oh, God, don't be that. We're not even. <laughs> You're in. Well done. And I say, keep, keep gathering those, those gongs, those industry gongs. Well, whilst we're talking about your business, Matt, so uh, give us a rough idea. So pre-COVID, right? So in terms of Christmas and New Year, where the business was, um, just in rough terms, where you are there. Not, not, on, not necessarily on the, not on the finance, in fact, in terms of a business sort of uh, number of staff and things like that. So you've got your Christmas scenario, everything's good, New Year. There was a great thing the other day. Uh, somebody said uh, 2020 looked both, uh, both ways on the road and got hit by an airplane. <laughs> so, so, so we, 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 where, where were you pre-COVID and where are you now? How you seen? So, well, we've been around for 14 years as of this year. So we're mm. quite an established business. We deal with a lot of partners um, that introduce business to us. So we had spent the last two years with the dreaded Brexit words, and that was obviously affecting business, not day in, day out, but it was an overriding factor in growth in some of the companies we deal with. And then... Boris turns up at the end of last year, gets rid of the other party, gets Brexit done. And you started 2020 with great optimism. We've been building our personal loan side of our business. That for the last year has been a massive growth um, part of our business. And everything looked rosy. We had great ambitions for 2020. And then, of course, COVID hit. Uh, like I look at COVID, I don't know if you want to talk a bit, talk about it now. Yeah, sure. I look at COVID very much in stages. So you had March where you started to hear what was happening in China and you thought that won't happen to us. And then yeah. as March progressed, that, that true British spirit was, well, I won't be working from home. I'm not going to lock down. And it's like how we run a, we run a, a call center. If you want to not jazz it up, we run a call center. How do you work a call center remotely? It's never something yeah. in mind. And then the reality started to come that, this might be something we had to, con to consider and put into our plans. And March was all about our IT team pulling together and yeah. making it possible that our staff could work remotely. Because honestly, it's something we had never seriously considered prior to March this year. And mm -hmm. they did a great job. And we were still very confident that we wouldn't go into lockdown or that we would probably remain working provided we were allowed until Monday the 23rd. And I remember that day. Mm -hmm. very yeah. We practiced, we'd had people working remotely in little, little bursts for a day, but then come back to the office. And that Monday just felt different. Everyone returned after the weekend and they were nervous. And I remember a member of staff coming up and just tapping me on the shoulders. It's like, come on, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah. And we actually sent everyone home at 12 o'clock on that Monday to try with everyone at home at once. And four of us stayed in the office just to see everything worked, solved a few problems. And what, six, half past six that day, Boris announced the lockdown and we yeah. were ready. And it was a great achievement. One I honestly, in a million years, never thought would be on the agenda. No, I'm just, I don't bet you that working from home as a, as a business owner, uh, working from home, was almost slack, wasn't it? It's almost like you're going to work from home because you're dead on you. Yeah, you know, you're to, you, the good old days of sitting in your onesie watching Jeremy Carl. Yeah, that's what, I suppose we all had that picture. And if I'm honest, if, if it wasn't the circumstances that surrounded it, if we suddenly said one day none of this happened, right, guys, we're going to let you work from home. I've got great people that work for me, but would yeah. they take their foot off the gas? Yeah. yeah. Office, you do, you start talking to people, you start chatting to your colleague, you get distracted. That's why you have managers that... Yeah. But it did, it worked. And everyone worked from home. We all logged on. And 
that was sort of like stage one. And then you had, for us, I suppose, two problems at that point. One, the internet just wasn't up to it. Yeah. You know, I, I know when I returned to the office, a couple of people I'd spoken to every week went, oh, you suddenly have edges. Because every video call I'd done, I was blurred. Yeah. I realised that. But you lost calls. You lost connection. And people were yeah. dropping calls. It wasn't great customer service. Um, but it was that sort of reality check getting used to it. But the first biggest challenge for us, about a week of working remotely, all thought it was, you know, great, we've achieved it. Then, of course, lenders pulled from the market. We are, as a broker, only as good as the lenders that we represent. On that, I see quite regularly that you're posting in terms of speaking to new funders and, and I think you call them partners when they come in. Are you, yep. so what are, you, are you managing to fill a lot of gaps or is it just seeing who puts their head above the parapet that you can try and get them all? Two very different sides to it. So lenders, uh, you know, we, we're a broker, so we place a client with a lender. So without mm. the, lenders are almost our supply and our partners of the demand. Yeah. So we've had a core of partners for many years, and the biggest success of lockdown has been the amount of partners we have added. Very so for all the stages, so lenders hold <laughs> one or the other. Every lender that we work with across Secured lending, across personal lending, and across bridging finance made changes. About half paused, of which the majority, I'm pleased to say, have now returned. All of the others made mass changes to reduce. Yeah. At first, mid-March, it was we won a half, and they thought they'd have to make changes. And I remember saying to many, if you did nothing, you would half your volume. Yeah. Mass changes, and they went down to 10%, 15% of their original lending volumes. Yeah. Um, and then it's just been a balancing act. April was very much clouded by your pipeline business. You had yeah. business going on that was still being honoured, provided it met certain criteria. So April, you didn't really see the full impact of COVID. May was, it was tumbleweed time. You still had customers coming in, but nowhere near the volume you did because yeah. the spread of wealth and lead generation had really slowed down. But then you had all the lender problems, you had all the lender challenges, you know, change criteria, extra things put in place to ensure people were working and not furloughed. And then, of course, you had customer uncertainty. Even the customer that said, yeah, I'm fine, I'm unaffected, when he actually came to a loan completing with everything else going on and all the negatives you permanently had, mm. it made it a lot more challenging for him. Everything. Just May was the toughest month. But... My personal, so I've got a team around me that work cases day to day. I'll help on a sticky deal, but that's not predominantly what I do. Yeah. Just to bring new partners in. And April, May, and June, I'm going to look back on very, very positively from this front because no. suddenly everyone picked up the phone. Suddenly everyone replied to your LinkedIn request. Suddenly yeah. open to new ideas. Mm-hmm. I spent the whole of April, May, June on the phone talking yep. to new people. I joked one day, I'd done six Zoom calls almost back to back with either brand new people I'd never met before or some maybe I'd met one before. And look, it's, it's only like a day on a building site. But at the end of it, I was I was exhausted because, you know, I'm a talker. I yeah. keep the going. But then I thought to myself, well, in the real world, I wouldn't have been able to do six face-to-face meetings. I would have, photography-wise, when I do it, timing-wise, to get six people all timed in one after the other would have been almost impossible. We over-doubled the number of partners who introduced business to us. 14-year-old business in three months. Everyone 
is open to ideas and suggestions. And a lot of what we do, certainly on the personal loan side and the origination side, is online. And of course, that's the key at the moment. Yes, we have a call centre that works for the fulfilment, but it really did open doors that may not have been open or we just wouldn't be able to capture people's attention. If it it, 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 it's a, it's a, there's a lot of uh, cliches. This will be hard, by the way. It's all office cliches. And it, you know, can't ignore the elephant I don't like cliches, man, in the main, but that's what that is. But there were the cliches of unprecedented times, right? Which I don't yeah. like. You get to try to hate the word during on that sort of block, right? And it's, it's, it's the truth. And so it's, uh, but I mean, it, was, it was so important the way it changed for our team. It was brilliant because we sat down before the lockdown again on the 21st of March there. And then you, you, you all looked at one another, but I think we gave the right direction brilliantly. They ran, it, ran with it, which I think you'll see there as well. And bitch, you've been telling me. On the products, Matt, what, what are, you, are you, you, are there new entries into the market at all? Are there, or are they bottom feeders, you know, where, where it's a troubling times or the, are the major, the major banks holding back? No, I, I would say it's across the board. So, we haven't, as such, taken on any brand new lenders. No one has emerged into the market as a brand. Right. You had the core lenders. In, in second charge, secured loan lending, there's 18, 19 lenders. Right. There's probably about five that are still paused. Right. Uh, I'd say over half continue to lend, just with a lot of restrictions. For yeah. us, our panel, everyone is now back. We were very lucky with lenders like Evolution Money and Equifinance, who opened their doors to us right at the start of coming back. Um, they just all made huge reductions in the criteria, you know, the lend, the equity they would lend to. Not so much rates. You know, we, we weren't seeing lenders hike up rates. Right. Um, so. they, it was a real sense, but we need to contract our lending for lots of different reasons. You had not being able to get valuers out. Effectively. Uh. Do. Um, not as much as, say, bridging, which came to a halt without lending. Secured loans does use AVMs and automated valuations, so we were able to carry on but it slowed things down. You had the securitization market has been hit quite a lot. You know, the, the yeah. what's there, the doors are shut for a while, now they're starting to open back again. So that made lenders think, well, we had to make our lending last. You had funders telling their, their lending partners, be cautious, how can you lend sensibly during a time, you know, if you think back to April and May, the real unknown, this was a disease that lasted for two weeks. If you don't have symptoms of two weeks, you haven't got it. Yet we're in lockdown for eight, nine weeks. No, yeah. no. And it wasn't down to anyone's fault. Everyone was learning. I, I massively praise the government. I know everyone could fault anything. But uh, overall, a massive. Uh, no, 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 there's no book for this. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But you've got suddenly a bloody expert, though, going back to a point you raised there. I mean, there, was ne- there was never one bit of positive news for three months. Yeah. It was a devastating time. Sure. And if you've got it and unfortunately passed with it, the, the interesting one we did last week with David Buick, or a photo of Matt Chatley, David's a, say, a city commentator. He, he, he's 76 years of age. He, he used the phrase, he said, look, I know I'm on the substage, okay, but we've thrown the economy off the side of the cliff for what a terrible 1,200, uh, no, no pre-existing condition deaths. Everybody else, bless them, will on that way and go in anyway. And it's that, it's that, so nobody can call. I don't care who or what they say. No, you know, they'll be in the old cock up. But yeah. you know, there wasn't a checklist here. 
But with, with the products in terms of what you're doing there, then that, are you still able to get the bridges out? Bridges, is that, is that mainstay of your business? That mainstay would be secured loans, like homeowner loans, yeah. looking to raise money to improve their property, which is obviously quite popular at the moment because people have spent so much time at home. Um, mm. And probably the, the so-called baby boom will affect that in the next year or so as well, as people need extra bedrooms. Personal loans and bridging loans. Bridging loan market, it... It really wanted, like, all of the lending to deal with, no one wanted to slow down. Everyone yeah. was positive going into this year, and everybody that we deal with has fought to get back within their own sort of different parameters. With regards to bridging, the value has hit them the worst. Mm-hmm. When you're lending on a secured loan, it's a house in a row of terraced houses. You can use an automated valuation. Yeah. When it's a bridging loan, it's a project. It's about, here's a building gutting uh, it, refurbing it, knocking it down, rebuilding it, changing it from a shop to nine flats. Yeah. Value has to go out. It has to say, this is what it's worth. This is what it's worth at different stages. So whilst a few lenders did adapt, the majority of the bridging market had to pull. They carried on with the existing product, used their pipeline, but without yeah. value to actually go out in the building. And you can't blame valuers for not... Uh, and, and, and the backdrop of bridges, of course, you know, you, you, you want, obviously it's all about exit. And so that's obviously how can you predict? And there's a stage we come back to it later on in this chat, and we call it Mystic Men. Hey, you know, where's the exit strategy? You don't know, do you? One, one thing we're coming across, I don't know if you're finding So it's, I was reading the press again the weekend about uh, lenders are getting rid of the bank, mum and dad, to put down deposits. Right. And I think Nationwide, particularly, pulled that completely. My, my, my fear in all of this is when, unfortunately, the recession really bites and start losing the jobs, I think mainly for our younger people, you're, you're younger than I, despite your looks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you <pay> attention. <laughs> no, but when, when, when they start losing their jobs, they, I, I think the bottom end of the markets can be really hit. Uh, in, in not bottom in terms of judging those people, but entry level into the markets can be very tough. Um, Security schooling, I think, several days. On that particular point, if I may, Matt, sorry, we will see, and I think we discussed it briefly in one of our chats, and I don't know where it sits now, but next year I think it's going to be fairly feral in terms of legal actions and, you know, that's what we do. We deal in debt problems. I think there's going to be a lot of demand for releasing equity from properties that's going to, they may have all the value, but they're never going to have the income to go with it. It's going to be... I think that's gonna that, that's gonna be if there is a product out there, that's a bit sort of fairly long on the time, but that would be uh, that's gonna I think it's gonna be a real big one next year. Yeah. yeah, so all of the products we offer, with the exception of bridging, are assessed against income. Yeah. The reason the personal loan market has probably been hit the most is because not only is there no asset to secure against, but uh, also they try to automate the checking of an income. Now, yeah, one lender put it early April. How can they, via automated methods, confirm someone is working? They may well have been paid at the end of May, but then furloughed in April. We now have a track history. One of the things we've seen is open banking is becoming bigger and bigger. We've partnered with Credit Kudos, one of the first to add that into our personal loan journey. What what does that mean, open banking? Sorry. Open banking is where we we, majority have done it nowadays, where you have an app on your phone for your bank, and you're able to see all your transactions within it. Well, open banking allows a lender so you um go through a journey and that's what we've used credit kudos so i won't get too technical because i'll get lost but a at the moment so traditionally you fill in some details to apply for a loan and you give permit permission for a credit score so that means that the lender is basing their lending 
on your credit score, your income, which is able to check with various methods, um, your geography, you know, hard facts. Now we're adding open banking to that. So they're also able to look at your banking transactions for the last mm. months. Now that happens right. good and bad. It will show people that have overspent or gambling or living in their overdraft that maybe a credit search won't show. But it'll also show people who don't have a lot of credit but have disposable income. And as the market continues, those people will be far better serviced going right. forward because open banking is now compiled. Open banking has been around for a few years now. Right. It's definitely going to have a boom over the next 12 months because of that sort of up to the minute information it can give you on someone's finances more than a credit search. Yeah, yeah. And so that it open, open banking is closing the name. In terms of uh, COVID-19, so we discussed briefly there in terms of the ramifications of what there. Have you been affected personally at all in it? you apart from the threat of lockdown or anybody? Personally, health-wise, I'm pleased to say that Everybody took the right precautions and we were lucky. Yeah. We had one member of our team very early on, we believe caught it. She was slightly older than the majority of the office yeah. um, and was off towards the end of March and was really poorly. Um, but at that time, you know, you, you had to almost be dropping dead to be able to Absolutely. go. And she was 61 years old, right. you know, woke up in the middle of the night having breathing problems, called 111. And it was a case of, well, cool as if it happens again. Um, you know, that's when the pressure was really on. Yeah. Other than that, no friends, no family have got it. Yeah, good. No, thankfully, Touchwood has passed away, and I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, we, we had, I must put in now, our CEO had it. She, she, she's not, she's not in that risk, she's not old, because if she heard it, she, she'd knock me out tomorrow. So, but no, to Touchwood, we've heard very few people. No, uh, again, David Buell was throwing it to the other day, and the average age of those unfortunately passing with COVID is 81. Yes. You know, so it's, 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 it's not good, not right, but it gives a bit of context. I think the context of what we had, I don't know why the government held back quite so much on that, but, you know, it would have been, I, don't, I suppose we could have, otherwise we would have had all the scenes of, although they were adopted, the scenes of Bournemouth Beach and things like that. Yeah. So uh, that's good. Thanks for that. So good products going on. You're in yes. fairly good form. What about the team? How are they good? You've got, you've got more or less everyone back, right? Uh, no, I'm not asking for who had to go. I don't no, think. No, no, no. Right, so we've got no redundancies or the threat of any, which is firstly the most important. Perfect. Furlough was fantastic for us. You know, if it hadn't been for furlough, at some point in April, we'd have had to make some very tough decisions and put people in a lot yeah. worse situations than they were. We furloughed people at the start of April once the lenders have pulled. If you don't have the products, we've got nothing to sell. So we kept yeah. a core team on. And that has chopped and changed a little bit uh-huh. uh, around we've tried, we, we've obviously looked at the needs of the business, but also we've tried to support those who've got kids because until schools go back, you know, the world is not going to get back to normal until that point. So we've been as flexible as we could be uh, yeah. as we have children. And so we were out for one of the short periods. So we aren't key workers. So when we were supposed to be at home, we were. I think it was the 10th of May, Boris made that first announcement when stay at home became stay alert. And yeah. then by the end of that week, we had probably, hopefully you've seen the pictures on social media. We didn't just cordon off desks. We removed. No, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we removed rows of desks. Everyone had a desk and then a desk in front of them that was a safe zone. Everyone was three metres apart with a walkway. And even now, they're still one and a half metres, two metres apart. And our office, you walk through it like a gearbox. There's one way up and down. And yeah. then in and out like a gearbox. There's a strict way that you walk. We put um, 
handles on the foot of the door so you can open doors yeah. and all the handles have copper on them um signposted throughout uh, you know the, we made every possible thing we put a little sink that you turn on with your knee to wash your hands when you walk into the office so yeah. look at the sensor wash your hands with your knee you're not touching anything it's a bit like an episode of Grey's Anatomy or ER where yeah. you're out the doors yeah and absolutely flicking flicking taps on and off yeah um, and we talked throughout I think the key going back to that point was communication I believe yeah. we communicated well at the start of lockdown and then as we returned to the office we were emailing the team, talking to them on Zoom calls, you know, a couple of weeks before saying, it's our intention if it eases to be back in the office. A mm. lot of what we do is collaborative. And I've used this phrase a lot. When you work a secure loan, five, six people work on it. Right. And you need to talk. You have the advisor, mm. you have the packager, you have the admin person, you have the underwriter, you have the person that does the fact find at the start. And having to talk across Zoom calls, being in different offices was a different challenge. Yes, we made it work and we continually adapted. But once we were allowed back in the office, we did it. We made all the changes we could possibly think of. And we spoke to all the staff individually, gave them a chance to ask questions. And the first day, people walked in. Some were desperate. Some were like, oh, thank God, I can't work. Yeah, a lot of our guys were. Yeah, absolutely. But then you had ones who were cautious. We had nobody who was, I'm not coming back at all. I haven't had that. I'm not saying everyone's been, you know, spot on but the majority of people have wanted to return to the office and, have yeah. and as soon as they're asked then they come in and that first day people walk through and the feedback we had was superb we had created yeah. as much as possible from unskilled wallies like us i am absolutely no pandemic expert and yeah. hope i've never tried to pitch myself as but we listened to the advice we read it several times we made every change we yeah. we published what we're doing so other people could see it and give them ideas, and that I think definitely helped. Um, very positive emails, and as a result, we've got 25 staff back in the office. Um, it's it's got back to the point of nice buzz, and everyone feels safe coming into work. And we the we thought the challenge would be more maintaining it. It's not, you know. What, 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 outside the office, what is Watford like? Is it quiet? Is it? Uh, yeah. So uh, we actually took the team out for a few drinks on Friday night, uh, uh, the second time and you have to book the venue when you get there they wash your hands they take the temperature and they go through the rules and you it's very much about staying in your area we, we yeah. there's a bubble here at were now so it's only people who work and i remember the manager saying look here's your area here's chairs please remain seated if you need anything here's the app you know if you go to the bar follow the spacing for the queue yeah. which in normal times would be really weird but now it's just it was nice to be out. It was nice yeah. to interaction again. Watford is like Watford over the years, certainly me growing up, was an area with a lot of pubs in a very small space. And you used to yeah. up to get in pubs. I remember doing that in my 20s. You don't so much now. Generations have changed. They come out later. But it isn't anywhere near what it was. But everyone's still just so pleased to be open. I have a friend of mine who owns several pubs. And, yeah, I doubt he's doing the trade he was doing in December but he's open again. He's trading. He has a business. Yeah. And everyone's costs are down. And, and, it's, and he's got the cash flow back in. That's the killer. When you, when nobody knew it had been the same, you were going to send it up. You didn't know when it was going to kick, when the tax was going to... Yeah, you were doing some business, you went along, but you didn't know when the tax was going to come back up. Yeah. And we're in Belfast here, we're a city, a metropolitan about 500,000 outside, so we just didn't go like that because that's where the main square is. Over there. It's just over there, yeah. So the, uh, it's, but it's like a market town. This is it. Nobody. Now we've got a bit of bad weather. This is where businesses will struggle again because nobody's going to go outside a shop or a, or a bank one. 
and then you go to Leeds where we've got a small office, it is dead, absolutely dead. A busy city, one and a half million, you can park where you like. Literally park where you like. Do I need a ticket? Don't know. No, I don't need a ticket. Cool. It's, and, and again, keep it on about a couple of the guys we've been talking to. There's almost like somebody said, there's almost like a social responsibility that we need to get back to work. We create this environment outside the pubs, the bars, and the restaurant cafes, etc. And just because we decided we know how to make a sandwich and make an any decent coffee, doesn't mean we should. I think we've got, otherwise we're going to lose what's been created in terms of that town centre. You're in a decent-sized town there. That's why I was asking that. Yeah. Back, on, a, on a bit of a positive tip, though, right? So, uh, in for terms of you and your team, they've done brilliantly got through it. You know, they've created, created what you have there, kept it there, had to change and adapt. What do you see the pluses are, if any? Not what the, obviously there's a terrible, deep service, a terrible condition coming. Yeah. What, what have you learned about yourself to a degree and your team? Um, I learned that you've definitely built a camaraderie. Everyone talks about teamwork. Every LinkedIn yeah. talks about what an amazing team we have. And we all know you can portray a certain image on social media. We all do it on Facebook personally, yeah. Instagram, but work-wise. I overall have seen a great unity of people. You know, did you ever think in 2020 people would be going on social media begging to be able to go back to work? Yeah. yeah. That, that change. So there's been a real effort and pulling together. Um, it's The longer it goes on, it becomes harder because people are getting used to working from home. I, I'll say for the record now, it drives me nuts, people talking about how they want to work from home, how they've seen a great work-life balance. Yeah. Great for your personal life. Overall, that's not great for your work life. And I do yeah. not see, if this is over in six months' time, a year from now, everyone's still working from home. At the end of the day, people need to work in an office. You need to be able to collaborate. You Absolutely. need to work together. You need to motivate. At the end of the day, you only have managers because people do need that kick up the arse every now Absolutely. and again. And sitting at home with all the distractions might be great for your work-life balance. It's not great for the economy. And I am tired of hearing people Absolutely. say, yeah, it's been fantastic working from home. It works for me personally. It's how I was going to do. Reality check for me, that's not how it's going to be going. Uh, I, I think they're going to have a lot of problems. You say this period we've had here is where, and we've got quite a few of our team. I'll put it out there. They struggled a bit being at home alone. Almost, yeah. So you've got a guy there, a uh, youngish guy, working in one bed flat and sitting in the same four walls every day. And you, you can nearly sit in some of them, almost like Pat on stop and the phone rang on the Zoom with us. Oh, someone's ringing me. Here we go. Yeah, it's good. It's massive. And I tell you, I, I listen to quite a bit. I could just keep my brain fresh. I listen to quite a bit Tony Robbins. He says, we're not weak. We're made to be weak. We're made to be nearly boring and useless. We need to be told. We don't need to be told everything. We know we're social. The key thing is that they came from this. We're social animals. We might be shy, but we still want to be in groups of people. We might spout off. We are not built to sit in a darkened room and live our life like that. What, going back to your saying, life work balance, well, so you walk the dog three times instead of twice, you get them and sneak a rubbish, like you say. And that will badly affect the economy. Some of the decisions being being made here. I'm a little bit anti civil servant and trying to get those back, those people back to work can be really hard. Yeah, really I, I, there is there there is definitely if, if someone's competent, they've been paid throughout, and they haven't ever had that thought that their job's going to go. There is almost there is a thought process with some, and I don't think it's I don't think it's right with many. Is that oh, I quite like this working from home. I'm yeah. paid. I can live with this reality check. This is completely and utterly unprecedented. It has caused a recession at some point. All of this money has got to be recouped and paid back. Yeah. 
businesses, you know, have been fantastically supported, but bills are now coming back. Yeah, absolutely. And paying back things like HMRC, which maybe you're a bit late paying before, have still got to be paid. Yeah. And, uh, it's not going to work for the majority working mm. from home. It's about trying to push the barriers. And I, I've tried to do that all the way along. You know, we were one of the first back at the office at the right time. We're trying to bring people back as soon as the business volume is there. And it is a stage process. Um, you know, we're, if you follow the rules, you can still go out. You can go to beaches. You can go to pubs. Absolutely. And most of the businesses and shops and pubs I've been in have made fantastic, are making it work. And if it wasn't for the idiotic press putting out there, you know, a shot of a beach where it looks like everyone's together, yeah. but actually, yeah. angle, the world's fell apart. Absolutely. Uh, apparently, Cornwall is the next area where there's going to be a mass outbreak. Actually, I know a lot of people in Cornwall a, that live there and been down there, and they said, what has been reported in the media is absolute rubbish. It's been yeah. calm. It's been managed. Everybody's going to have little swipes on the first day back. But I've overall seen people adapting and following the rules. Yeah. I've followed the rules. I've been out. I am. I honestly feel perfectly safe in what I've yeah. done. And the majority of people. And at the end of the day, you see the odd people not doing it. Well, that's fine. That's up to them. Doesn't mean you suddenly go sod it. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Bit of responsibility. Which again, which I think we've learned over time. Not a political statement at all, but the, the, the continual reinforcement. One thing Boris and uh, Dominic Cousins, uh, Dominic Cummings does, uh, they keep that message done, keep it going, stay alert. Someone said, what that mean? And uh, a friend of mine who will remain nameless is deaf in one ear, so he shouts, unfortunately, big up in rugby player. So he was, uh, so what he, did, what he got the other day, walking down the road, and somebody's on their mobile phone, texting away, not even walking straight, all over the place. And he just shouted, stay alert. That's what he means. That's what he meant, stay alert. I remember Sainsbury's, my week, because I did a shop with my mum. She's only 71 and a very young 70. But she did that 12-week stay at home. So every week I went in. Yeah. And uh, I remember there was this sort of older guy. That was, he worked for Sainsbury's. He had the question. And he just walked around all the time going, two metres, stay two metres, social distancing. These <laughs> things I've got. I almost go in yeah. there, there at the moment, shouting yeah. it, and miss it. You heard it all the time. You just used to walk up and down all day. Works. We need it. We need it. We need it because it's such a sea change. You know, we're all back at the same level. We're social animals. We like to mix. We like. I, I'm a great shaker of hand. Right? I massively miss oh, it. Yes. Yes. And, it, and I tell you what, I, I'm going to need a dermatologist. All these crap, different gels you're going to be sort of fun. So it's either, either you've got leprosy or you have start to take it. Yeah. Take it the, the shaking hands thing, I so agree. When yeah. you see someone you haven't seen for a while, we had a new starter and, and joined yeah. us today, and she's come in and she sort of stood a couple of meters apart. And it's like, yeah. hi, and you wave. You want to welcome someone. You want to shake Absolutely. their hand. No, that's, that's how I grew up. My dad told me. You, you shake someone's hand firmly. It's important when you meet someone. It, it's it's what you want to do, and not be be your wife. It's almost like a bit of a cold fish, isn't it? So sort of, you know, you <laughs> wave on a Zoom call when you finish a Zoom call, and you go bye. I do that. I do that. Meetings now go like that as well. Even if it's just in meeting, but it's said no tough, tough change. But I think and that's a good thing. The other thing I think as well, Matt, is there is a lot of cash still out there in terms of the economy. What the government's done over the years, right? Yes. As long as the banks. So after the 2008 recession, which you have gone through as well, the banks held on to anything. That's the flourishing peer-to-peer market that came back into that gap. There is a lot of cash out there. Not necessarily in the right places, although Rishi's doing his best to, to do it out if he can. And so we'll see how that adds. I don't think it's not going to save a recession, but the, the, if, it, if we're done, as you said, if we've gone for full redundancy and that's the end of the thing, that 20% wouldn't be nothing. 
Yeah. We, we were talking quite embarrassing the other day, so we were speaking, so speaking to David Tate, which a week I've been following quite a bit, uh, obviously the financial press and keeping up to speed. So you had your man from uh, Bank of England, Andy Haldane, the chief economist, said it's going to be a theme shape of government. I wrote a blog suggesting he may not be on this earth, uh, possibly undertake, uh, taking on hallucinogenic substances, etc. Right? Uh, we said, yeah, V, but yeah, that's not a V, that's a, that's a big tick. Then the other day, talking to David Tate, he's saying, right, yeah, okay, he's just been appointed to the Bank of England uh, Commodities Committee, and I was sitting around the other day, and I said, orcs. <laughs> uh, your man had David said it was, I said, I, I, I thought we'd been moving coming out of that V-shaped recovery. I think you're going to get, I think we're going to get that big swoosh, the old Nike swoosh, where it's just going to be, not, you're going to be ugly next year particularly, start coming back, start coming back. But it's that, uh, there's the fear of what's going to happen in the recession. Nobody knows again, nobody knows what's going to happen in any recession. Yeah. You, 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 you survived, sorry, you survived the 2008 you, Were you self-employed in? Did you have your own business then? Or you? Yeah, we started in 2006. So Sam and I were quite naive and... Uh, uh, and we ran a business that had, had two good years. People go, oh, it was so easy back then. I remember working 14 hours a day, seven days a week yeah. when we started this business. So it wasn't easy, but it, it was easier. And, of course, the credit crunch came for us. And we didn't have a scooby what we're doing. We, we didn't know. We just every day adapted. We faced every challenge. We got the team involved. We were lucky. We were a team of 12 at our peak and again we we didn't have to make redundancies at that time we bought everyone in everyone knew everything coming in everything going out you know there was some scary moments on payday where going back in that day lenders had passed by a check they sent in the post and NatWest who are our bank still now quite yeah. often would honour that check before it's cleared so we could pay people on time yeah. it was that was a very different scenario where People had a very small amount of money from a lender's point of view and had to make it last because people weren't renewing funding lines. This yeah. is not the same, for, in my humble opinion. People still want to spend. People, you know, yeah. at this point, have been being paid. So the money yeah. is still there. And, you know, there was so much good stuff at the start of the year with the new government and with um, Brexit sort of being done. It was all looking at the positives. And what I've seen to this point is once it's safe, Everyone wants to get moving again as quickly as possible. There isn't a ton of bad debt at this point. Yeah. No, it just depends on how long this goes on for. The key factors at the moment, the school's going back in September, which yeah. will allow people to return to work that haven't until this point. And then, of course, the end of October, if furlough ends at that point, yeah. where that would drop off is. Which I suppose it will be stays over the next couple of months because of yeah. the employer contribution and it's well Rishi staged it all that hasn't he you're furloughed to get sort of got the civils that have been next in the bills whatever happens with them which is car crash unfortunately it happened but that's good just in terms of where you are and obviously you keep yourself up to speed so we a little bit we're going to call it mystic megaround right okay so it's very difficult to see where the recession uh, the economy's going on backdrop of the recession where do you see it? so I'm doing we're doing a bit of a V and a swoosh and everything else what, what, what's your have you got a model there you're working and saying like this happens or this happens or you not that's yes, that. not sophisticated but is it too difficult to do what you do you know what I, I, my honest view like we don't run a business that's turning hundreds of millions with you know it, it's a smaller business I we don't have a three-month plan at the moment we have a good, yeah. solid business that I believe has survived the worst without any debt um, so we, you know we sit here now no debt 
happy to move forward. We, July was a very positive month. The results were positive. So June was positive, but it was all talk. July, yeah. positive results. All has started. Every week on week is better than the last. Brilliant. Our plan is we look at what's happening as it happens and we adapt where we need to. We're aware of what we can do, what we can't do. And that 100% is how we go forward. There is no point in me as a, a, a broker, a loan broker, making a six-month plan because I don't know what's going to happen. In the yeah. What yeah. I've seen is, let's say, schools going back, furlough ends. That will make – when furlough ends, it will give lenders more confidence because yes. you trouble you haven't. You know, I appreciate the wider economy and the, how that affects people. But from a lending point of view, after October, going into November, December, and the next year, you at least know where you stand. You either have an income yeah. or don't. So there'll be less customers to go for or to, to, to lend to because they, you know, you don't have a job. But there are new businesses. For, you know, I know a lot of businesses are, you know, you watch LinkedIn, the amount of people saying that they're looking for work. But to the yeah. same token on LinkedIn, how many people are starting new roles? It's yeah. not that balance it's our route, but there are definitely positives out there. So there's going to be a lot of change and people that, which is good because people don't like change and adapting, despite what they say. You know, you tell someone at work, I want you to help out in another team prior to this. Oh, well, I like my job. I don't want to do that job. No, they don't have that anymore. No. Everyone their sleeves up and mucking in. So do I see, I think my overalls are, I see continued positives in the lending market, provided there's no big economical change, provided, you know, the housing market doesn't drop, which at the moment is holding strong. So that's key. On that, Matt, on that, I mean, that's that's, that's going to be the the real tricky one, isn't it? That's going to be the real... There's so many components to the housing market now, such a complex thing, but they're obviously the huge buy to lets and where they've had the opportunity to... Or not opportunity, or people have failed, so it's not paying rent. Uh, commercial properties, obviously, you know, you're in an office there, we're in an office here, shot completely. You know, when you've got the likes of Schroeder, Citibank here in Belfast, aren't going back to 2021. Uh, and then you've got, like I alluded to earlier, the first time buyer market, for example. Is it, is it too generalized to say property will do this or property will do that? Is it, how do you see the property market? You're, you're, you're closer with the values. I see it as a continual thing that needs to be managed. You know, what have they done so far? You had the return of valuations and mortgage transactions and stuff. So that created a boom. And let's report that boom and show confidence. You then had the stamp duty changes, which again has given confidence trying to sell a house for myself. And we had someone that had had the valuation done in March, dragged it all through lockdown, despite being an empty house because it's a second property. And they that right at the end came out of it and tried to get another 10, 15 grand off, to which we went, there's no evidence that it's dropped in value. The demand is still there. It's, it's about constantly watching. Yeah. As it stands at the moment, that the demand hasn't slowed down and Rightmove and Zoopla are reporting that. There is, transactions are picking up pace. The value of properties isn't dropping. You know, we have properties valued every day. And yeah. we are seeing, which we worried about at one point, where you get that line from a surveyor that says, we've reduced the value of this property by 15 uh, result of COVID. We aren't seeing that because there's nothing. Okay. There's yeah. no evidence that properties have dropped. Because that's very often the values get spooked, don't they? In two starts in the RICS, uh, the RICS guys start firing out the reports and stuff like that. Lenders have sued them in the past for yeah. you know, bad, maybe bad decisions or maybe decisions, you know, they're not experts, they? they walk out and they value four walls and they yeah. see gold nearby. They're not, you know, they're not Mystic Meg, as you said it. You know, they have to go with their depression. But we aren't seeing that that standard line saying I've downvalued it because this and that, because there's no evidence yet to do it. 
And while the stamp duty stays um, at the changes stay there, it's clearly motivating the market. And as long as that stays from a secured land point of view, it's one of the biggest factors and one of the biggest differences from the credit crunch of 2008 mm -hmm. because property prices just plummeted. There's nothing. Yeah. So that's a and, and again, the availability of funds seems to be there. Obviously, yeah. the lenders got to tighten and change their criteria wherever they're going, but there is the money there. 2008 just stopped, didn't it? That yes. was the end. There was a great analogy, uh, Spanish, so we did quite a bit in Spain in terms of people that bought property back in there way back in the day, but struggled with them to, to get rid of them. Uh, and the solicitor said, it's a bit like a dream. Back then, it's a bit like a dream. So you, the moment you have that dream, you fall. And you don't make any noise for a while, then you start screaming. So I said, yeah. He said, we're not screaming yet. <laughs> he just said, he was just so early in what was going on. He didn't, it just got off. I, I still see the NSA, I think there's going to be, Obviously, a bit so sociological change in terms of society, what's going to happen. I'm a little bit worried about that backdrop to there, what it's going to do to me. But I, at the end of the day, you say it's good to hear from you guys what you're doing there, that's going on. Right, Mr. Tristan, I'm going to let you go here, but we have one quick fire round. You know, okay. One of those bots, I'm not a robot. Okay, so this is over. So I have to read this, it's good, my look here. Red, yeah. white, or beer? Red, it's been the savior of lockdown. Go, go to red. Um, Barolo. Favourite score? Football. Right. Why do you Sorry, snooker in the last two weeks has been amazing. Ronnie yeah, Iceland. Ronnie again. Genius. Barking mad, but absolutely. Absolutely. That was great the other day. Ronnie said Morris was crap. Yeah. <laughs> great. And Mentic, listen. Right. Sports for you. Football, mainly. Why do you. No, total question. Why do you support Chelsea? My. Uh, Dad was a Chelsea fan. So it's genetic. We call it genetic. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, Next. I like Watford, but I'm far happier being a Chelsea fan. Cool. Next holiday? Not planned at the moment. Probably, yeah. probably Cornwall. Very good. Favourite social media platform and why? LinkedIn. Um, it's the truest of uh, it's Twitter, I find offensive. I've almost yes. Twitter. Facebook, uh, all right. Instagram's pretty pictures. LinkedIn has a purpose. It seems to be true. You get, you can talk. Yeah, very good. Uh, two final ones. So this is me being your very good mother. You're having a dinner party. Who would be the most entertaining person you could think to ask? Mine okay. personally is Billy Connolly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mourinho. Very good. Very good. Yeah, Jose Mourinho, Ronnie O'Sullivan, barking mad, not know who he's going to come out with. And Borrello by the pint. Absolutely. Well, I believe Mr. Mourinho does like a nice bottle of red. I so think he's nice. partaken there in Old Trafford a couple of times. Yeah, he might bring a along. Then the final question for me is, which slightly helps us, is there anyone you suggest that we can have on a podcast? <sighs> oh. No, now I know you're a bit nervous and edgy. Not in nervous, but not, I'm sure what we can do. But the tone of it is is chatting. It's not you know uh, not not great form to it at the moment. But it's uh, so it's any, anybody who had chats. Oh, I don't know. I put on the spot. My brain has gone dead. But it would definitely be somebody who talks absolutely, and it'd be someone random. The it's the same people all the time on lots of yeah people. yeah. Well, we're trying to mix it up a bit in terms of what we do. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I'm really sorry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll, I will I'll, come back. I'll send you a recording of who I think's the best person. No, don't worry about um, the recording. We'll, we'll, we'll have to. Feel your last question. 
This is quick fire, so it's a bit harsh. Anyway, Matt, thanks very much for your time. It's great, brilliant. Good luck. Well done, really well done on the team there. And we'll keep in touch and see if we can have a bit more business as well going forward. So thank you very thanks. much. And all stay safe there at Lone's Warehouse and get some business done, yeah? Thank you very much. We will do. Good luck. See you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. You've been listening to Real Talk with Terry and the team. If you'd like to hear more, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and stay updated with our latest episodes.